Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Patrick Cowder and you're listening to the Aussie Apprentice Podcast, where we talk shop about plumbing, apprenticeships and the building industry. Enjoy. Alrighty, here we are today, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the show. I, um, I'm joined by a great friend and uh, my co-host for this evening. Luke Kazali from Flame Tech Heating and Cooling and Adventures of a Service Tech. Luke, how are we today? Good, Patrick. How are you? Thanks for having me. <laughs> no, I'm just happy that you're here. That's all I've ever wanted in my whole career. But Such a lovely so... man. <laughs> now, I, I just want to talk briefly, um, just so everyone else is aware. So Luke's based up in Wangaratta. He runs his own business. He is a pretty cluey bloke. He knows a bit of what's going on. Um, I've gotten to know him through Instagram. And since then, you know, we smash beers like online together and play video games. And it's great fun. But, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a friendship that's transcended plumbing, you know. And it's, <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. So, look, um, yeah, thanks for coming on the show. I just thought, you know, you're... You have somebody that, like, you know, you've worked in Adelaide, you've done your apprenticeship, um, you know, you've run a business and there's so much that you have as insights. And, like, the biggest part of it as well is that you've got a big part of you understand where, you know, specialisation inside your trade is really, like, you know, important in a sense. So I suppose, like, a big question that I've got is, um, you know, like, what, like, why should you, in your own words, specialise in something, do you reckon? Uh, well, I started in 2009 at a place that did just gas heating only or gas repairs. Um, did all my plumbing trade school, but I think just sticking to that one part of the trade was a lot easier to learn and actually dedicate your time and, you know, be the best you could be in one field. It's, you know, for heating and cooling alone to know everything or know as much as you can, it's ridiculous. And then to try add four to five other areas of plumbing to that, I just don't think you could really dedicate it. Yeah, it, it, it seems like, you know, there's a lot of blokes out there that like to think that they're specialised. Um, and, like, it's, it's, it's tricky because, like, some people will say, oh, we, you know, and uh, you always get this, comp- you get this comment from some plumbers, like you'll, you'll say to them on like a passers-by, like, oh, you know, you'll see them at Reese or whatever. Oh, so what do you, what do you guys do? You know, what do you get into or whatever? And it's usually, oh, no, nah, we do everything. We do everything. And like for some businesses, they obviously try to extend themselves into everything and try to get a bit of a handle on, you know, every sort of facet that they can. But that might just be residential maintenance and, um, you know, a new renovation every now and then. And But like, they might not touch, you know, commercial. They might not touch gas. They might not touch any sort of sanitary drainage, any number of things. And like, or they might not do, you know, I don't know many plumbers that don't do hot water units, but there are out there. Like I know a few apprentices that have gone through and they don't, they, like I know a third year that has never plumbed a hot water unit in because he's at a big construction mob, but he's not on the team that's put them in. But I suppose like a really hard part is that, you know, for a lot of um, apprentices, like I, I had this other one that, from um a, a bloke reached out to me on on instagram um and uh his name is hayden wardle and he's from i hope i'm saying his surname right there but um he's from brisbane queensland and he this is just what he sent to me real quick and you'll sort of you'll appreciate the message luke like he, he goes just briefly listen to the first half of the first episode 
Um, and you mentioned how plumbing is very specialized yet a broad industry. Um, and with the apprenticeships, they really only learn the work the bosses give them. Um, within a large city, many plumbers specialized only in one area. Not sure if you want to go into detail with the second episode, but maybe bring up in conversation whether or not the plumbing industry needs to be separated as in having separate licensing for separate um, for certain aspects of work, like an endorsement for their licenses. So I suppose what Hayden's getting at there is like he wants to... Uh, look, I don't disagree with it. It's interesting, but also the implementation would be really hard. Like, you know, if... So say, obviously, you've got a specialization in like, you know, your, your like heating and cooling part of it. Like you've got that sort of aspect of it that your license is a part of. But for plumbing, like back in the day, it used to be like plumbers and gas fitters were two separate trades. Now they're a combined license. But also, you know, I can go to TAFE or trade school with any number of people and they'll come out the other end with exactly the same ticket, you know, and that's like not a bad thing. It gives everyone equal opportunity and, uh, you know, uh, options basically but at the same time you know they're not specialized in anything it's broad scope but then you get another bloke that might only do you know plant rooms and that there's no real specialization for him so i suppose like i don't know like luke do you reckon that like you know plumbing should be like uh like you know specialized in that way i suppose like you should should you like have like another another little like affidavit on your license that says oh you know, Patrick can do more gas fitting or he's specialised in XYZ or whatever. Do you think that would be beneficial or not really? Well, in Victoria now, we've got type A servicing, which is specialised and you need to go back and sit other exams and stuff to be licensed in it. And there's been this massive push for people to get it lately because they changed the tenancy laws, had gas safety checks for real estates and everything like that. So everyone's just sort of tried to jump on board, but there's not enough schools, tastes and, you know, places to sit your license that it's sort of brought them undone, I guess. Um, but before all that, yeah, it was a specialised sort of field, so, which was good because, yeah, it kept... But the problem was, like, the average consumer didn't know that. They didn't know, you know, if you looked at the licence, it said gas fitting. Well, he can service my heater, he can do anything gas. Yeah, it's, 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 it's tricky. Like, we always get asked the question on site, like, oh do you blokes do, you know, are you gas fitters as well? And like that back in the day, that was obviously, a, and it still is to this point anyway, like it's a it's a valid question because people want to know like, you know, to their mind, plumbers and gas fitters are still separate people. You know, you go to a lot of like old heads, you know, old Mrs. Jones from down the road and she'll say, oh, you guys, you know, do you do, you do gas as well? And you say, yeah, yep, yep, we do. Um, but part of that previous generation is that they were separated. So it's it's tricky, but like, you know, like you're saying with like, um, servicing in that like really it's it's interesting like we when I had Chris on the other day like we were talking at another time I think it was about how like <clears throat> some plumbing companies will employ tech like technicians and call them techs they don't have to have a plumbing license I think Florida is one of the states I'm going to get this wrong and if anybody rips me I don't really care but <laughs> I think get that Florida him. really get into it <laughs> Yeah, Ruby do. Um, I reckon Florida is one of those places where you can actually, you know, you're, you, you're employed as a technician. Um, you can carry out plumbing works under your boss's license sort of thing, but you don't have to have a license. And it's like that to me is a little bit scary, especially like coming from Australia where like, you know, if you're doing plumbing work without a license, you know, the the, the implications are huge, you know you will cop a massive fine, you know, you'll get, you'll have other things suspended or whatever. And like, you know, you'll almost have the book thrown at you in a sense. But I, th yeah, I don't know. It's, it's tricky because like, 
you get some people out there that are they might just know how to put a toilet in or they might know just how to service a tap but they're out there plumbing but like you know it's I don't know. It's tricky. That's for I sure. I think you do see it a lot too when guys go out on their own for the first time. So they might have only just done, you know, not really roofs, but they might have just done hot water changeovers and tap washers their whole time. But they start up their own business and they go, right, I want to bring everything in. So they go, now I can do gas servicing. Now I can do roofing. Now I can do, you know, all aspects of heating and cooling. I can do this. I can do that. I can do drainage. And they just kind of try their best at it. But the problem is it's it's the customer that sort of loses out. Yeah, like um, you probably know how many jobs that you've been to, Luke, that, you know, a hot water unit is installed and was never commissioned correctly or a, you know, a, a, like an evaporative unit was never properly set up or like any number of things that weren't done right in the first place. You know, you only have to look at stormwater as an example. Like this is, oh, this is probably a good topic to get onto. So um, the Master Plumbers Association of South Australia is pushing the, OTR in South Australia, so that's the Office of the Technical Regulator for everybody that doesn't know. They are like the people that are in charge of like, you know, um, being like, you know, more or less uh, taking charge of the plumbing sector. So it's, you know, officers, Office of Technical Regulator. So basically anyway, yeah, they South, are more... South Australian Victorian Building Authority pretty much. <laughs> yeah, literally. So they're more or less going, hey, like this is fucking... You know, there it goes. There's the first swear word of the pod, but don't worry about it. <laughs> but the, you know, you say that like it's it's hard in the sense that stormwater is so difficult in that so many um, new homes do it as just the builders will chuck it in, concreters will chuck it in, anybody will throw it in, and it's all run in ninety mil, and that's just you know standard for South Australia. I don't really know Victoria, I don't know Queensland, I don't know New South Wales or WA how they might do it differently, but like for here, it's just like. 90 mil in the ground or 75 if you're really, you know, cheap. But Makes me feel you know, sick to my stomach. Yeah. I hate it. It's like I'm, I'm going to get the numbers wrong here. Actually, no, I'm not. I'm going to I'm gonna search them up right now. So wall thickness of um, 75 mil. mil. Uh, even, I've noticed this is from a gas fitter, so I'll probably get crucified for this as well. But I've noticed a lot of it is 100 here now. Thicker wall, you know, it's better in the ground. Yep. Definitely. And it's just, it's, you know, the biggest part of it is that like you've got, um, I can't bloody find it off the top of my head. I think it's like, from memory, it's like point like nine one mil thick, the wall thickness or something stupid. It's tiny. And then um, DWV like 100 mil is like two and a half or 2.6 or something or 2.8 mil. So it's like, it's nearly triple. Like it's, it's, it's double, almost triple. And it's sort of like, it's, it's really difficult in the sense that, you know, these people are out there and you're getting all these different like materials and everything, but it's just going to end in tears in that you'll, you know, the, the PVC cracks down over time, you know, the, um, like 90 mil is so like, it's so common to see cracked 90 mil and you throw your jet up there and, you know, you're ripping in trying to clear out these tree roots that have been in there because the pipe's cracked anyway. And then jet gets stuck, you know, Poor old Matt from Theo's Plumbing Solutions. Like he's, it's not storm. Oh no, I'm gonna. I think it is stormwater, but he's lost his jet up a like a main branch because um, the the drain was just installed incorrectly in the first place. And you know now he's got this massive headache. But like it should have been done properly in the first place. And that's why like so basically what Master Plumbers is doing in South Australia. I sort of did a bit of a sidetrack there, but more or less what they're trying to do is get people to 
like get inspections for stormwater done, which, you know, it's going to be a tricky thing anyway, because I don't have enough inspectors to do sanitary drainage inspections anyway. But what they're aiming to do is make it that, you know, stormwater is becoming a, a restricted trade because too many issues are caused by, you know, whether it be insurance on a house that's, you know, the foundations have fallen down and all of a sudden, you know, there's $120,000 in retaining walls that need to get redone that, you know, we did a job like that not that long ago. And like, you know, who's to fault? Like, was it the original builder that just put shit in the 90 mil in there or whatever? Or was it, you know, the blokes that, um, that didn't, you know, didn't hold them to a higher standard, if you know what I mean? But This is a problem. And that's the thing too. It's, sort of, I guess, working for someone or running your own business, you're still faced with that. You could come across something and if it was always done correctly from install servicing right up until the point that you got there, you're already like 90% of the way through the job. But as soon as something goes wrong because of poor installation, and especially with stuff like that, where you can't see it, it's in the ground, it's under concrete, you know, the customer thinks it's working perfect, it's just a minor blockage. You turn up and it just turns into you know, a big saga. Oh, yeah, you hate being the, you know, the bearer of bad news, you know, like, and you've you've had to be it, you know, as the business owner as well, Luke, and like, you know, you'd, you'd agree with me. It's it's never a nice thing, you know, when you, when you say to somebody, you're like, oh, look, mate, you know, I'm really sorry to say this, but, you know, there's several cracked sections in your stormwater that are causing like this, you know, drop in your concrete, your exposed aggregate concrete driveway. And they're like... Uh, what do you mean? Why? And I'm like, oh, well, it's just, you know, it was, it was a factor the way that it was installed. It wasn't done properly. You know, nothing was lagged or whatever. And you go like, really? Like, you know, old mate's upset because he's paid, you know, X amount of dollars on an exposed aggregate driveway, expecting that the concrete was going to do it properly. Concrete never got a plumber in. Nobody ever did their job properly. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're there and saying, we either cut up your driveway or we cut up the footpath and rerun a stormwater, or we don't even know. Like, there's so many issues with it because it wasn't done right in the first place. But, like... That probably really, I guess, like, circling back to the specialising in something, that probably really brings a point home, is if you only ever do one thing, like, you might be licensed or qualified in all aspects of plumbing, but if you say, say you specialise in stormwater, you would know every regulation every new innovation about stormwater what people are doing you know all the new things you'd always be up to date with it so the customer benefits you know greatly because you literally you're at the forefront of the technology of stormwater and they're getting this a-class service so then you could sort of advertise and charge that extra as well and say look if you don't want it done right the first time expert advice you know we know stormwater and that's you just run with that and then you don't have headaches about stuff that you think you knew but you didn't you know you're biting off more that you can chew you're laying in bed at night going oh geez i've got to fix this i've got to fix that you're literally just sitting there trying to find out why yeah and that's like that's a big part of it is like you know um at the company that i'm at now like my boss is just he's hot on being you know everything is is as good as it possibly can be there's no cutting corners. It is doing things the right way the first time. And if we arrive on something, you know, bathroom renos is a great example because like we might do a bathroom reno or a dig up or any number of things to fix an issue in the first place. But you don't just fix the symptom of the issue. You try to fix the issue at a, you know, on a the like cause. On, a base, on the cause of it. That's right. You know, why did the polybutylene 
bust in the brick veneer wall? Was it, oh, way too high pressure? What, why do we have 1200 kPa in Tranmere, you know, like, or whatever? And you go, well, no wonder it's going to blow up. Like, it's, it, you know, but then you go, well, am I going to just fix the, the poly in the wall or am I going to put a, a 500 kPa PLV to try to restrict that pressure and sort of obviously reduce it? Like, it, you've got to think about the, the problem as a whole rather than just the symptom of the issue. And that's a very sort of big trait that you need, I think, for for heating and cooling. For example, we had one Adelaide Hills. I think they'd replaced five or six inlet solenoids to a cooler. No one ever thought to check, oh, what's the actual water pressure here? Those solenoids can handle 800 kPa and it was like 950. They'd literally put one on, it would almost just crack in half as soon as you did it up. It's just like, well, maybe we should stop replacing the part and actually look for something that's causing this failure because they don't just fail like that. Nah, too often you see it and you're just like, you know, you're just shaking your head and like some jobs that you go to, you're like, God, like either this was some, you know, this is some handyman DIY spec or is it like a plumber on a Friday night at nine o'clock at night and he's using what he's got in the van and like if he's using what he's got in the van, why didn't you come back and fix it the right the second time around? I think that's a lot, yeah, with your bookings too. Like, you know, if you're booked up crazy, you're overwhelmed with customers, you're overwhelmed with, you know, trying to run your business, you just think, I'll just get this through and I'll, you know, Monday morning go on to the next one. But it's going to bite you. That's right. And it's just like, I think that's a really hard part of, of, well, in my, from what I can see, a hard part of running a business is that you're trying to maintain an almost unmaintainable schedule in that like you know things are chopping and changing pulling out you know somebody can't do it they've got to do this they've got to redo that they've got to do this and you know we've got a, a, a beautiful lady in the office and she's just smashing it out big time because she takes the phone call like the initial call from whoever the client or the property manager is or whoever and you know a lot of her day is spent trying to organize things to make our jobs you know go smoother and like you know from when you were back in Adelaide as well Luke like when you're working for uh, when Sealy, like, you know, there was probably ladies in the office that were doing like a lot of big, you know, trying to organize stuff because, you you know, the, the plumber, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not hanging, hanging anything on you, but like the plumber at the end of the day, your job is to fix the plumbing, you know, like, and doing scheduling is a massive part of any sort of, you know, business. Like you need, you, you do need somebody almost on it full time to sort of keep maintaining it and keeping that schedule going. Otherwise it's just like, you know, if you're booked, you know, a week, two weeks, three weeks in advance, doesn't matter. As soon as somebody pulls out and jumps out, you're trying to fill in time, trying to make this happen. And if you're, you know, if you're a one-man band like like you are, like it's great because, sorry, it's not great. It's better in the sense that, you know, you're only obligated to yourself and you might go, oh, look, I'll, you know, I'll go, I'll go pick up the messes. We'll go out for lunch for, you know, today for two hours while I'm killing time and I'll do a bit of book work or whatever. Mm. But if you've got multiple blokes in the company, you go, oh, God, I'm trying to like keep up and do all this extra stuff. And, you know, you know, I'm trying to keep him like, oh, you know, there's only so many times that you can get him to clean out the van or, you know, go pick up some stock from Reese or any number of things. And you're almost like, if you don't, if, if it can't be managed, it's like, it becomes more of a headache, if that makes sense. Oh, high stress. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely a high stress, I guess, because that's a thing. And you're paying them, you're paying them to do things. So, if you can't fill their days, well, then you start to lose profits as well. So, yeah, and it's it's yeah. tricky. Like you know, you're trying to yeah, obviously keep these blokes in work as well. Like you know, it's in everyone's best interest to keep a worker going. And if you can't, it's like uh, you know, it's frustrating. But 
but yeah, yeah. I um yeah pretty it's, it's well, pretty yeah well, like what you were saying. Every place I've worked, the ladies in the office that do the scheduling, all the men have literally been the glue that hold the company together because they take the initial call, they take you know they try get as much information out of the customer as they can, then they schedule it, they look at where you are, where you're going. Adelaide was good. That sort of know our suburbs, and they'd go right. It takes X amount of time to get here to there. You know he's he lives here. We'll put his last job within five ten minutes of his house, stuff like that. But then if you had to cancel or if something went wrong, one job went over, they're the ones that copped all the flack of it too. You know, they had to ring the customer and say, oh, sorry, he's not going to get there. You still don't have heating for another couple of days. We'll get there as soon as possible. And then the person would blow up at them because they're over the phone. You'd go there face-to-face and they'd be nice as pie. Yeah. And well, yeah. Well, I know the service manager there, he was big on if they went off at the office staff, he'd make them apologise. Good on him. Julie, like, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't have to get yelled at at work for stuff like that, yeah, for things that you can't not. help. No, nah, so. that's right. You know, it wasn't there. It wasn't there. Um, you know, it wasn't neglect or anything. Like it was just genuinely, it was a, it was a luck of the draw in a sense. Yeah. Like, they might just say, look, I'm really sorry. He's just had like a water burst that he's had to go to. And unfortunately, you know, you were his next job, but this is an emergency, you know, and that's just how it works. And like, having, yeah. you know, no one's got a crystal ball. No, no way. And like trying to like actually go through and explain this to some people is always very difficult as well, trying to explain it to like the client because you try to say to them, look, hey, just by the way, like try and, um, you know, understand that we're trying to keep uh, like a massive beast running at all the time. Like it's, it's not it's not easy either. You're just like, oh my God, this is so hectic. And, you know, some clients I find... Uh, very understanding you know i find people that that either like it's it's a double-edged sword sometimes you get people that either run their own business or they don't and they'll get it or they won't they'll be like no nah, this is unacceptable i'm not dealing with this you know and then the other the other end of the pe- spectrum that people go yeah no worries he, he gets here when he gets here i understand you guys are busy that's why i've got you rather than somebody that can come out today that might not be as good in a sense like and that's you know, like a good saying, well, not a good saying, an interesting like um, note that I've noticed in the last probably year and a half when like obviously COVID made everything crazy, like everyone wanted to do bathroom renos. And we would go to somebody's house and they would always ask us, oh, like, do you guys do bathroom renovations too? And we're like, yeah, we do. Like, you know, um, we liaise with cabinet makers, um, tilers, etc. And we usually say, look, these are the, the three or the, two or the four tilers that we've got at the moment, you ring them and they're who you need to get in, in charge of booking because they are booked out like, you know, a year to 18 months in advance, depending on who they were. You know, some blokes would be six, 12 months. Other guys are like nearly two years booked out in advance because they're just like, there's too much work. But like a good example is that like the good tradies are booked up, the the ones that nobody wants to work for, then they're not, they're not you know, they can come out the drop of a hat because like, you know, sitting oh, at home waiting for a call. Almost. That's that's yeah. right. You know, yeah. they're, they're the um the high pages addicts. Like mm. you know, nothing against high pages, but like people like the whole idea of high pages is that people that don't want to deal with tradies are trying to get a tradie, and the tradies that are on there are trying to obviously you know drum up business because they can't get business otherwise. And that's not I'm not hating on high pages in any sense. It's just you know that from what I can tell, there's like a lot of blokes on there that are looking for extra work. And they're working their hardest, you know, to try to get these leads and that. And they're dealing with customers that don't 
you know, they might not really they don't pass on the details or they don't, yeah. The word of mouth isn't really going around, so they need no. something to do. Yeah, I know, and that's the thing too, and waiting for trades, I guess, in that aspect. Say you're doing a bathroom reno, it could be your bathroom for the next 10 years. It might be worth waiting four weeks to get a tiler that you look at those tiles every day of the week and you go, wow, you know, this is fantastic. Grout, everything lines up perfect. Yeah. Or you get a guy that, you know, you could get there in a week and you're looking at stuff and it's falling apart. And it's a headache for the next 10 years. Yeah. And you go like, oh God, like, you know, with like, I went to a mate's house. We started a mate's house last night after we went to a party and I just, you know, we just swagged it and I went in the bathroom in the morning and um, I'm hanging around, uh, you know, and I was just looking like it was a matte black tap, you know, it was all this like trash, like it was all Bunnings branded from what I could tell. It was only like two years old, if that, like a year and a half. And like, you know, it's the, oh, I forget the name of the brand that's from Bunnings, but it's just trash, the Mondella. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> Viva Luce Mondela. You know, it's just like, that is trash. And like, it's to the point where like, you, you go to a bathroom renovation and you see that little that little box, that blackened little matte box and you go, God damn it. You know, this is just, it's a recipe for disaster. Like, and the way that I've, I've had conversations with clients and like, you try to say it in, excuse me, a nicer way as possible. And obviously you try to get them before they've bought these products as well. You know, I'll just say, look, just do the exercise, right? Like, you know, I'm not telling you how to suck eggs, but go to go to TradeLink, get quotes, go to Reese, get quotes. You know, if you really want to go to Bunnings, that's fine. But like the way that I describe it is like, you have to understand, you know, Bunnings really, they're selling the, the, the cheapest that they can. It's, you know, and I know that's like, some people will swear by Bunnings. They're like, ah, just chuck, you know, that inlet valve. That's no what. Mm. worries that sort of thing but if you're putting an in-wall mixer in your shower and the cartridge is something that you'll never see again like it was made for six months and only under a blue moon and you go oh god like this is just ridiculous and then two years down the track you know old love didn't install a plv when she did her bathroom renovation the cartridge carks it and you go there and you oh yeah my, my shower's leaking oh okay no worries pull out the cartridge oh yeah weird like that and you go to reese or the, the you know the supplier and you go um, like a merchant and you go, oh, like what's the go with this one? And they go, yeah, no. Nah. Good luck. Good, Good luck, luck, mate. Yeah. yeah. I, like I had one the other day. I was at a bathroom um, that was less than five or six years old. I think it was around that mark. And I was looking and obviously like the mix of cartridges have got like a water watermark like number on them. I sort of like backdated the watermark and looked up online. <laughs> there was one off AliExpress. <laughs> it was oh, like... <laughs> And I was like, no, no way. And I like, I, I looked at it. it. Order 10. Oh, yeah. Order so that's, and, and you've got them, you'll be, got you'll them be forever. The <laughs> I'm the man with the, with the crappy little mixes. Yeah. But yeah, and I was just like, what a joke, you know? Like, why would you, I don't know. Like when we did our bathroom, I was just like, I don't want to skimp on anything. I just want to. I, I don't want to do things twice. That is the biggest, like that is something that I try to live by is like, why bother, you know, buying cheap Well, that's times. the thing too. I explained to my wife, like when we did bathroom and kitchen, and mm. I said, you know, we could get stuff a whole lot cheaper. I said, but we might be in this house for 10 years. I don't want to, A, over to capitalize, I guess, yeah. by putting yeah. pure gold tapware in. But then again, <laughs> I don't want to literally every time I turn the mixer on be like, that feels cheap. 
And then, like you're saying, in two years, need to replace it. Oh, I can't find anything. My bathroom is literally all breach. So everything's just caught a turn. And I can Perfect. change the color of it. I can change whatever I want to do any time of the week. And that's what I liked about it. But, yeah, like other things, I've got good brand. A lot of it's all from Reese. And I literally know that if anything ever goes wrong with it, I can go see my local manager and just say, hey, what's with this? Yep. He'll get it sorted. I don't have to worry. But yeah, literally every time I use something, I go, "Oh, that feels nice to use." You know, it's not yeah, not rough. It's like, it doesn't move. It doesn't chip. It, it doesn't hasn't come loose. You know, and yeah. that like going back to that bathroom this morning, like I, I, I was in there. I'm like, all the paint has chipped off everything, and everything is just cheap. Like it feels nasty, and it's just like things were plastic when they should have been brass, and you know things were clogging up. Like the shower head was just like caked with calcium and I was like this is weird like this bathroom's not even that old it shouldn't it shouldn't be getting that bad so quickly like you know it feels like for whatever reason just like you know and it just annoys me like when you're putting the taps in they feel cheap at, you know there's the old oh I've got a hob set that you can you can change out at my house <laughs> you, can put there, oh. you know you know what brand it's gonna be oh you know what it is before you even get there and you rock up and there's this little Mondella box and they go Yep, I've got these really nice quarter turn taps from Bunnings. And they, wow, they were so cheap. And you go, oh, well, how much different were Reese's? Oh, I think it was like $20 more expensive. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. You, you want to put them in, that's fine. But Well, that's the thing too, I guess, like with the supply and install thing, a lot of people go, oh, I'll buy all the materials. And then mm. that way he doesn't put his markup on it and I save money. I literally don't understand that because the markups purely because A, you've either got them in stock then and there, they don't have to pay postage and wait. B, it's the costs that you sort of put on there that if anything ever goes wrong, you sort of covered yourself. Yeah, 100%. And that's the thing too. They want to buy cheap stuff and then expect you to come back to look at it for nothing after they've bought it and, you know, it's, yeah, like that's a silly thing. Give me a warranty. Like, you know, and then you try to go down the, the whole trial of, oh, well, you know, Bunnings want you to take the taps out and then take them to Bunnings and they're going to give you the new ones and then you can put them back in. You go, well, who's going to pay for that? Yeah. Oh, you know. I don't want to pay for it. I've already bought them from Bunnings once. I don't want to. Yeah, and I go, yeah. oh, you know, uh, like it's just difficult, you know. Like oh, yeah. you try to like, you try to be genuine people as well, but they look. You want to be, you be as honest as you can, but you also yep. want to back good quality materials because it's it's your reputation on the line too absolutely so because like you know if they had a bad experience from like a crappy mixer or you know something's faulty or any number of issues or like you know warranty is a is a brilliant thing right you know you i think some reese taps have like a 15 or a 20 year warranty like that's cooked that's, some of the sinks have 50 years domestic it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah like, what the just, hell but like, they're very you know they're particular on you can't exactly just stab it with a knife 40 times <laughs> But we had a, well, we actually had a minor, I don't know how it happened actually, because I don't stab my sink with a knife, but we had like a minor <laughs> burr and I literally just emailed them. They're like, oh yeah, no worries. We'll send you a new sink. Was it? Yeah. Not like, they said, oh, it looks like it's, it wasn't there for me install. I said, no. Nah. And they said, oh, it looks like sort of not wear and tear as such, but something has happened to damage it. But they're just mm. like, you know what? We'll send you a new sink. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's easy. Like it's I had easy. it with my shower head. Like the shower head itself was like a Mizu, like really nice. It was brushed gold. It looked, you know, fantastic. And what had happened was where the the two parts of the, the shower head were, like the big rain head, it had started like 
you know, water would be spurting out at the corner of it because it like it, it must have like just overpressurized or I don't really know. You've and I've got I have a KPA coming in from the street. Oh, don't worry about that. And like you know, and they were like, oh, you know, um, Maddie was like, oh, just put a just put a like a you know just fill out this request form and they'll get back to you. I had a phone call that day. You know, you know her name like Lauren from from Reese Melbourne. She goes, oh, hello, Patrick. My name's Lauren. I'm from Reese. Um, you know, I've just had a, a report come through that you've had an issue with one of our shareheads. I was like, yeah, it's just, it's it's leaking out from the top there. I've like, I've got some photos and videos. She goes, no, that's all right. Like, what's your home branch? I was like, oh, Reese Salisbury. And they go, no worries. There'll be a new one there in the next couple of days. I was like, what? Like, really? Like, it's that easy. And like, you know, it was just, it, it reinforced that whole thing of like, just get back into it. Like, you know, there's no, like you're better off having a happy customer than winning that extra, you know, 150, 250 bucks or whatever. Like I know it's, it's, you know, it's funny. Like it's, that's what warranty is for is you're trying to just fix the problem before everyone's really upset. If that makes well, sense. But The thing is too, is like, say if we stick on the topic of bathroom renos and say if it is a 10 year thing, or you might go from like a, you know, a cheap brand, to you know a nice Reese brand it might be what $300 difference in say like a mixer or say in a shower rose assembly over 10 years oh what's the you know it's but someone will go out and buy like four coffees a day but yeah. they don't yeah. want to spend that you <laughs> <Yeah>. know <laughs> but then they'll have, like... a sh- they'll have you know they'll have poor quality shower every morning with yeah. you know the, the matte black falling off and the handles falling off 10 times it's it's really disappointing because like you know i you really have to try to obviously like guide people into it. You're like, look, I know, you know, on a, on a face value, you don't see the difference between the two, but in my professional opinion and in my experience, you're better off getting this more expensive one. That's, you know, another 30 bucks more. I was like, just, just be done with it. Like there's no, you know, it just, you look like Reese has very affordable stuff. Look, plumbing at the end of the day, it's never going to be cheap. Like put it, put it, you know, very bluntly, a plumber costs X amount of dollars an hour. You know, if he's there, he's got to do his call out to get out there initially. You know, he's going to just charge the first hourly rate and he's done in and out in 45 minutes or whatever. He's changed a couple of sets of taps for you. Everything's working better than you've ever had it. You know, the breach is reseated. He's changed the shower head, you know, taken the restrictor out of the shower head and made sure you've got full flow. You know, he double checked the hottie was up to like, you know, code or like he checked the flame values or whatever. Everyone's winning and he's just made your life so much better that when you get in the morning every morning, get in the shower every morning, you've got a hot shower, you don't have issues with loose taps, nothing's like rattling or, you know, bouncing around and just like the quality, like it sounds, yeah, I'm probably harping on a bit much. Well, this but. is <laughs> the, the best saying that I've sort of heard like this is the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Oh, that is Perfect. And there's like there's many different takes on that as well, but like mm. that's what you literally that's what we've been trying to I guess say in a roundabout way. Is, yeah. And well, the same thing happens with heating and cooling. You know, sometimes you'll come to an appliance and you'll look at it and you go, "Look, this thing's 15, 20 years old. Yeah. It needs X, Y, Z, and you're just like, that's gonna you know come to a fair amount in parts. And you're trying to say to them, "Look, it's probably better off if we just go a new unit. You know, if it yep. was ten years." You know, if it wasn't 20 years old and we could get parts and we could do this and it didn't look like it was going to fall apart tomorrow, yeah, would fix it. 
but they just go, oh, yeah, just out to make money and, you know, do changeovers. And that's the thing about it, of getting that message across because you try to explain to them, look, we'll fix it. But if next week something else goes and then all of a sudden you come yelling back and saying, oh, I've, I've put this into it, i put this into it, i put this into it, now I've got to spend yeah. more money on it. And, and I've it's got literally, no real warranty. That's right. And you need to like, you, like I, you know, um, the, the two blokes, Andy and Eric on the Mechanical Hub, like the Make Trades Great Again podcast, those blokes they deal with that stuff all the time, like boilers and combi boilers and that over in the U S and they just say to them, they're like, look, Mrs. Jones, I am, I'm going to be real with you here. Like I can spend, you know, 600 bucks changing these, these parts out or changing this specific thing or whatever. It's an older unit. That part's more expensive. Now a new unit is X, Y, Z or whatever. In my professional opinion, I think you're better off going on with a new unit that has a new warranty. You know, everything's brand new. We don't have as many issues or this specific issue with these new units. And, you know, they're just trying to avoid exactly like you said, Luke, that conversation of you were here two weeks ago and now it's leaking It's or now it's not working. I don't have hot water. And you're like, you know. Tried to help you before. I tried. This, yeah. I tr- yeah. And you're like, you know, you can't like. This was the best thing about being at facility service is we didn't do installs. Yeah. So we might do, you know, a direct changeover under warranty if it's literally come to the point where they're just like, let's just put, give them a new unit and and be done with it. If the customer's sort of lost confidence in that specific unit that they've got. But if we went to an older unit just during servicing and we said to them, look, this thing's, you know, it's had its time. You've got 15 to 20 years of life out of it. It's done really well. The parts would add up a fair bit. And the ones that were like, oh, you know, nah, I want the repair. You know, I don't want it to just be sold in your unit. All right. You could sit them down to say, well, we don't do installs. We're losing money by telling you to get a new unit. Surely you believe that this might be a good idea now because, look, I'm literally telling you, in my best opinion, professional opinion, it's time to get a new unit. You get warranty, you get, you know, more efficiency, more reliability. And you're arguing with me saying, I'm just trying to make money when I'm literally losing money by telling you <laughs> this is the way to go. Yeah. It's, you know, it's it's leading horses to water. <clears throat> it's, it, you know, it's never going to end up exactly how you expect it. And like, you know, you can try, try, try as much as you want. But like some people just, you know, <clears throat> I don't trust trades like that. That That's a real hard thing as well is like, you know, trying to, I'm sure you've had it to so many times, like you go to someone's house <clears throat> and they're, uh, and they're immediately standoffish as soon as you've got there, you know, they're not too personal, you know, they're not too in your space. They're very like, you know, they're watching everything you do. And some people are just like that. I find more often than not, if you peel back the layers and actually get chatting to them, Excuse oh yeah, it's a, it's a, it is a big thing too. It's it's building that trust and rapport with your customer as you enter in. You know, you might see like this is a very big thing. I think you know you might see they go for, or I guess in your area, like you might see one goes for port, or you might see one goes yeah. for crows. You know, you build up a conversation around that. You know, then you actually sit down and talk to them like a person. Why are you doing yeah. your work? And they might go, "Oh, this guy actually isn't half bad," but also. On the other edges, like at the blade, I understand too, because I've seen some dodgy trades. Oh. So you understand where they're coming from, but you just kind of need to push through that, I guess, to build up that trust and then show them what you're capable of. And then, you know, you might you might earn the customer for life. That's exactly right. And it's, it's hard because, you know, sometimes it becomes really difficult, but like for, you know, and you and I 
probably the same. Like you roll up and if you treat someone, you know, with respect, you know, ask them how their day is, be polite to them and just try to fix the issue. And just you know, and be up front. Dropping that subtle, have you heard the Aussie Apprentice show? You know. <laughs> have you have you met Aussie Apprentice? He's pretty yeah. rare, but anyway. Yeah. He's a podcast you should really listen to while I'll go do my work. Don't watch me. Just go sit in the other room, listen to this podcast. You really like it. Well, I'll I'll have this hottie up and done before you're done. I'll do my thing. You do your thing. (laughs) How was my mates last night at the party? It was just like I rolled up and there was a couple of blokes that I hadn't met there. And I was like, oh, you know, g'day, I'm Patrick. How are you? And Jack, one of my mates goes, have you heard of Aussie Apprentice? And I was like, oh, God, man. And he's like. Here he is. And I was like, ah, uh, how are you? And he's like, you need a plumber? Call this bloke. I was like, oh, Christ. That was so funny. I was just like, oh, my God, man. It just, it's, uh, it's, it's so silly. But, no, look, I think, yeah, once you get people's rapport, and I've had it before, I, um, oh, who was I telling you? I might have said it on the last podcast. I can't remember. There's a lady up the road who I had done business with at my previous company about maybe, like, nearly like two and a half years ago, I went there with my tradesman at the time and I live like obviously like two minutes down the road from her and I, and then I had the the work unit and then I moved companies and now I've got the new work car, like new work van. And she realized this cause she drives past every day. So she rang the new company that I was working for and she rang up and goes, does Patrick work with you guys? And you know, Carly in the office goes, yeah, actually, like, you know, we haven't done any work for you, though. Like, you know, who are you sort of thing? And she was like, oh, I'm such and such. I, I live up the road. He came out another time. Um, I'm, I'm his biggest his... fan. Yeah, I'm his biggest fan. You know, I've got all of his T-shirts. But... Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and she goes, can he come can out? He, and... Can he still come? The last company used to actually make him come without wearing a shirt. Can he still do that <laughs> with your company? <laughs> can he get his nipples out? Because I'm really, no. <laughs> He's like, and yeah, she was like, Oh, I'm having issues with my set deck, you know. Um, can he come out and like, can I get him out because I already know him? I was like, You know, and I can't remember what I was saying, but like, they were like, That's a real, you know, it's it's a satisfying thing to have that rapport with somebody, but you've only met once, and they're like, Yeah, I'd love to get you back again because you did a great job in the first place, and it's very satisfying as well because you go, You know, how brilliant is this getting out, like, being able to like. Get a bit yeah. of reward and recognition, I think, for the effort you put into your trade. And that's the biggest yeah. thing too. Like, yeah, getting that, well, you know, can I request you next time? Or, you know, you're the only one that's been able to fix the fault, stuff like that. You start, you sort of sit at home that night and you think, oh, you know, maybe all the stuff you've put up with and the hard yards of doing it is, is worth it. You actually start like, to get somewhere. And that's what they say, actually, like towards the end of your apprenticeship, it's like one day the light bulb just comes on. And you start to get things. Mm. It's it's and it's like a cascade as well. It's just like once you get that like that moment, it's like tripping over a hill. It's just you are tumbling. Like everything's coming at once, and you're like, oh, like everything. You know, it's starting to make a lot of sense. And like, it's funny. Like going from when I was a first year, like I thought I knew a lot, as most first years do. You know, and I'll I'll freely admit that I thought I was like I was the next MacGyver. I knew you know how to do anything. I could plumb my heart out. And then second year rolled around, I realized I didn't really quite know as much as what I thought I did. Um, and I was more open to obviously learning new things and like ask more questions than when I was a first year because I was like, hey, I really don't know enough. And then my third year come around and I was like, you know, learning more and more and more and more. And then towards the end of my third year, I was 
really confident in my ability and like confident in the sense that like what I did and didn't know as well. Like that's the biggest. Um, it's the it's uh, I think it's the Dunning Kruger effect. I think it's um, so it's basically your lack of knowledge and skills in a certain area. You kind of overestimate your own competence or your own ability, mm. and then the more you learn is sort of the more you think, oh, this can go wrong, this can go wrong, this can go wrong. So, you know, you might get someone come to your house and they go, oh, I've, I've fixed your heater, I've fixed your cooler. Um, it's all right to go. I've only just done this and this. And they think, oh, yeah, this guy really knows his stuff. And then you get someone that really does know his stuff and he's mm. literally got it in a million pieces, checked every little thing out, put it back together yeah. and go, and look, it's working, but it could still fail. And they go, geez, he's not really that confident, but it's because they know just how much can go wrong. Whereas the oh. first guy's like, turn the power on, let's go, all fixed. <laughs> yeah. He's like, hey, I sorted it. How good. Uh, you know, that's yeah. a quick little fallout. Like, off There's the smoke coming out of it, but yeah, I don't know what that means. So that's all good. <laughs> don't worry about it, though. That's just, that's a feature. It's a, yeah. <laughs> you pay extra for that on some models. <laughs> so I, um, I'm ready. I'll do the thing, the bicycle bell sound, so we know that we're, we're at the next point. But um, now I've got another question here um, that I wanted to ask you is like, so what do you think is like the biggest challenge of starting your own business? Uh, for me, there's a few little things, I guess. Um, looking young is a bad one. Like, <laughs> With a baby face, I literally still get people thinking that like I'm an apprentice. Not so much, I think, since starting my own business, but I subby for a company and like I'll get little old ladies say, "So what year are you in, Tal?" And you just like, <laughs> year fourteen. You're like hell. Like I've done this for fourteen years. I don't know when my apprenticeship actually ends. I'm just continuing on. Just rolls over. Um, but that's a lot of it too. Like that building up that trust and rapport I guess it's like the first time meeting them they don't know how much you know you don't know how much they know mm. um getting your name out there's a, another one too like the population here is probably 20 to thirty thousand. I think yeah I still get people that are like oh don't you work for such and such and you're like no I've got my own business and they go oh really and it's been close to 12 months like you know you do Facebook advertising you sort of hand out business cards and stuff like that but it does take a lot like I think it probably takes 12 to 24 months to actually start yeah know, getting that around yeah um kids is a rough yeah. one yeah especially a toddler like i've got a little girl she's three you know she, kids literally d- daycare and childcare is like a breeding ground for every disease <laughs> if they had to put like covid in one i reckon they would have developed like a cure for it within a week kids are ridiculous <laughs> they get sick every day so then you've got like you know that cancelling customers or you're sick or you know your wife gets sick and then the whole family's sick as well and you're trying to work around that. So that the stress of that and also when they're not sleeping, like no one really functions well with no sleep. So yeah, those little things. Um, the or two other really probably big ones I've noticed is having that constant wage every week. You kind of, people bank off that and they go, mm. right, well, I'll pay my bills this day or I'll do this. And as much as people say, uh, you know, I do a lot of mine's probably sort of payment on completion or, you know, um, seven day invoices. Yeah. And they might go nine or 10 days. While you've still got money sitting in your account, you're still thinking, oh, are they going to pay in the next couple of days? Because I've also got bills I need to pay. So it's like, 
you know, one day you might think you're a big baller, gold chains, and the next day you're like, we better just get some two-minute noodles from the supermarket. That's our dinner for the next week, just in case. <laughs> and, you know, you go to a job and you're a little bit stumped, I guess, by it or, you know, unsure or the customer's upset. You can't just literally go, no worries, I'll get the boss to call you because what do you do? Go home, you know, mm. put on a fake moustache, another suit, ring them up and be like, hey, it's me, I'm the boss now. You're literally, you're HR, you're the boss, you're the, you know, the office yeah. staff, you're everything all in one. A hundred percent. That's a real hard, you know, I think, you know, I was talking about this with Chris the other day as well. It was just like, you know, you get some people that think running a business is a piece of cake. And like my parents have run a, a trucking company in Mount Gambier for the last I think it's like 26 years now, 20, nearly 27 years. And they have like, you know, they've been, they've been through it all. They've had, you know, I think now they've got like 18 or 15 or something, how many drivers and it's managing people and it's managing expectations and it's, you know, doing everything in the back end. And like my mum has been doing the book work for 20 something years, you know, 27 years. And dad's been out in the forefront, you know, sorting everything out, fixing things. And like, you know, um, but they're, they're two people that will always, you know, they they encourage people to start their own business, but they also say, look, you know, just be mindful because, you know, there's a lot of things that you can come unstuck with and there's a lot of things that aren't like, it's not all like exactly like you said, it's not, you know, it's not a steady income, you know, things are going up and down, up and down and, you know, finances are totally different, you know, costs are different, um, you know liability is a big part of it as well and like you know you would know because you run a business like you know insurance on things is crazy like expenses of running a business you know all the specialized tools that you need because you know you're not using your bosses anymore or you know you need to buy a trailer because you need to actually use that trailer to dump stuff and or you need to drop those hotties off or whatever or you know you need to what do you want to get a brand new van do you want to buy a secondhand van do you want to buy a brand new ute or what are you going to buy you know there's a thousand things that go into it and a lot of you know young blokes and women obviously as well go, oh, yeah, get into it. No worries. I've like, got a $2,000 Hilux. I'll jump in the back with a bunch of tools. I'll go out yep. there and I'll go Mr. Jones Taps and I'll be like, yep, this much, yep. this much. I think the thing is too is people think, well, you know, say they're on $30 an hour. They don't actually mm. understand their full costs of business. So they'll be like, I own $30 an hour. Imagine if I was earning 50 That's how awesome. I'll change these tabs. You know, she's got quotes for, you know, I don't know, say 200 bucks to do them. I can sleep in there. I can do them all for 75 bucks, $75 in my pocket. See you later. You know, and then all of a sudden their bass comes in or the ATO is ringing them saying, hey, do you even know what bass is? And they go, what's that? And they go, well, you owe a lot of it. And they go, where am I going to get that money from? Like, you know, they might only still be clearing a grand to two grand a week, but they think they're making big money. Yeah. But then they have a week off sick and they're in the negatives. So then, you know, it all sort of starts to roll in. And that's a big thing too. And in Victoria, before you get your license, they want you to do business courses. And I think now too, when you finish your actual apprenticeship, you've got to do another two years before they'll let you get licensed. And that's, yeah. yep. I think, a really good thing because it, it builds up that experience. That they don't just go, right, I've finished my apprenticeship for, you know, Bob. Bob's pretty good. He runs a cool business. I think I can do it just as good as him. But they don't see that he goes home at five o'clock and spends till eight o'clock doing everything, setting it all up, setting up his next day, you know, keeping all the customers happy. 
and yeah, that's the thing. He's trying to do his best that he possibly can, but it's not a matter of just you know making it work. Sometimes, like it no, can be, it can be very difficult. And, uh, but then I, again, yeah. like on yeah, it is. It's very rewarding as well. Oh, hundred percent, and that's the best part of it as well is that you've got you know some really exciting opportunities with being you know running your own business and like you know there's flexibility can be better depending on how you're going with the company as well like you know you might have you know a lot of a lot of people that run their own business one of their biggest like the greatest things that they have is i you know i drop my daughter off to school and i pick her up from school nothing makes me happier you know seeing my girl go to school and i'm there and you know dad's here he's picking me up or whatever that's a little things or they've got their sports carnival day yeah i'll be there Yep. Yep. That's exactly right. Like, you know, I was growing up and, and dad would come up for sap size or like, I'd be, you know, I'd be like doing a, um, like athletics or whatever, or up in Adelaide and he'd be like, yeah, I'll come with you. No worries. Like off we go. You know, there was no question of it. It was just a matter of like, you know, I'll be there, but there's a lot more, there's a lot of, um, what's the word? Things you don't sort of see, I guess, until you get older. Yeah. And that's the thing too. And, and I think for young kids having their parents literally just to show up makes such a big impact it does and it means a lot as well for a lot of people they go oh my god like you know that 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 can be like you know night and day for some kids that you know they might need that little bit of an extra push but yeah it's it's tricky i suppose but um so i suppose another one that i want to talk about is and that a lot of people have been asking of obviously with a lot of apprentices you know we tend to cut the flack. I've had it really good. I've had it pretty bloody good as as an apprentice. I don't really have a lot of, um, you know, nothing really gets me. Well, things get me down, but like I haven't had a lot of conflict at my work. You know, I've pretty well. It's just like you know, go in, get your job done. You know, there's there's ups and downs here and there. You know, you might have a bad day or whatever, but more often than not, I've had a pretty good run. And I know a lot of apprentices that have, you know, they get really abused. And like you know, everyone. A lot of people like to go, oh, it's just the apprentice. That's just what happens. That mentality, like it's, you know, having like making a joke with the apprentice and like, you know, making them feel a bit more comfortable and coming out of their skin, you know, you, you know. But, you know, I, my boss, he, I think his, his old tradesman put like concrete in his lunchbox or something once and then like put concrete in your boots and, you know, you, you, you're mucking around or, you know, hose them down with water or get them totally wet and it's just like, like you're serious you know like it's just ridiculous thinking that like some of these that blokes acceptable yeah that's right you know and then that you go you know they might have been brought up through their apprenticeship like that but that's ridiculous you know that, like kids deserve better like one of the guys that taught us at trade school he went through and he was very big on you know if you're not it's or it's bullying i guess like they call it hazing but yeah he was very big on he's just like if you work for someone that treats you like shit, move. Because he's when he was his initiation when he started his plumbing, plumbing apprenticeship was they pinned him down, ripped his clothes off, poured pressure glue, I think it was, all over him, and then like lit a bit of it a light and then put it out and then just sent him home. He went home, literally nah. walked in, said to his dad, "That's it, I'm I'm done." Yeah. And his dad turned him around, said. He'll go back there Monday and you'll finish your apprenticeship. He's, yeah. You know, and he said to us, he goes, what hold you like? Oh, it, you know, I, 
I I know a story about an apprentice like a he put a tool in um, the wrong toolbox. So he put the builder's uh, angle grinder back in um, his boss's toolbox, not back in the the builder's toolbox, or something stupid like that. And you know, the boss ended up making him do like push-ups and he was he was filming him like he was like do as many push-ups as you can and I'm gonna film it he's filming it and he sends it off to all of his mates and old mates like the apprentice is there and he's just ripping in like he's fucking pretty embarrassed already he'd push up push up push up push up and he's sweating like having a fucking shit time and I I copped one of these snapchats and I was like are you serious like that's that's how you would treat you know treat a young lad that's he's trying his hardest he made a simple mistake it wasn't like, you know, that's where it comes down to is like, you know, you can, as much as you, like a lot of tradesmen tend to go, oh, a bit of hard love is hard love. You know, they're going to come out better for it. You know, to, to what point? Who decides that? Like, are you going to be the bloke that goes, oh, what? Uh, nah, it wouldn't have been me. I didn't push him that hard. Oh, well, how are you supposed to know? thing is too, having kids kind of brings your mind sort of to a different mode in this too is you watch a kid grow up, well, Ev's three now, but, like, watching her learn stuff, she literally knows nothing. Like, they're born, baby, no, nothing. We've got to learn it all. Yeah. Your yeah. apprenticeship's the same thing. How are you expected to know anything? You literally started. You've got to learn. So people go, oh, I wasn't that, you know, I wasn't that dumb in my first year. I knew everything. You go back to their first year and the guy was probably tripping over on his own boots. Like, you forget <laughs> just how much you didn't know. So I think that's a big thing too is people need to actually reflect back on, hang on a second, how much did I know when I was this guy's year or this girl's year and am I having a go at them for something that I did tenfold or I did this and, you know, what what can they actually learn from it? You're not going to learn anything from like hazing here and there or being embarrassed in a bunch of, you know, it's just going to make you resent the person, I think. Mm, definitely. And it's, you know, and it's really sad because like, some of the tradesmen that I've come up with, you know, they're some of my best mates now. Like, and, it, and it's great because they weren't like that. They were just like, you know, they were appreciative of me. They spent the time with me, you know, and they, you know, now, like, they'll ring me every couple of days. I'll just have a chat to any number of them. How you going? Oh, what, you, you know, what's been work like? Oh, yeah, how you going? Blah, blah, blah. And that's the sort of supportive sort of network that you need because, like, you know, plumbing, really, it's a pretty small industry. People tend to know each other. And, you know, you really need to know as many people as you can to get yourself out of sticky situations. Like, you know, there might be a job opportunity and you might end up knowing the the, the supervisor that's hiring for that job. But, you know, if you're an asshole to him, then you're not going to get the, like, you know, it just, it comes, it's all full circle. Like you see people all the bloody time at, at the supply house. Yeah, you're like, oh, I say never, never burn your bridges. No, you just, you know, all well and good if you want to leave a company or if you want to like, you know, sort of cut somebody off or whatever. Just say, look, oh, you know, you don't have to even tell them the real reason. You just be genuine with them and be like, look, sorry, mate. Like, you know, it is what it is in a sense. But it's, yeah, it's a bit tricky in a sense. But so I suppose with it is, you know, in your own sense, like what's something, like how have you dealt with conflict in the past, Luke? Uh, there's sort of a few things here. When I was younger, even now, I guess, like very much just, it's just be like, right, what do we need just to settle this? You know, even if it sort of didn't exactly work for me. But the older and grumpier I get, I sort of started arguing back in a way. Mm. But I always try to keep just to the facts. So, and I've noticed too that 
if you truly know that you're you're right, you know, say that you know you're trying to say to them this is six and it's six and they're saying no, it's not, it's something else. But like, or the warranty on something, or you know, this this fixture can only handle 500 kPa, and they're going no, no, it can handle 5,000, and you're going no, I'm the plumber, I know. <laughs> the more you argue with them, like you've just got to let it go enough in a point because. The problem is if you start arguing with idiots is they'll drag you down to their level and they'll literally just beat you with experience. Yeah. They do it a thousand times. They might like not even know they're wrong and that's no. the problem. So I'll just present them with the facts and if they don't want to accept it, I'll just walk away. That's right. Go, yeah. right that's, that's, that's your own problem. See you later. You know, or if the job's really sort of dicey and that you know that it's going to come back and bite you, just go, look, I'm not really interested. So yeah. yeah, that's, you know, you're almost shocked. Yeah, it's it's really hard. Like as Sam from Bay Plumbing, he is so funny with it. He'll put up like some things on his story every now and then, like on his private Instagram, and be like, oh, um, oh, like it would be multiple text messages from this one lady, and then like he'd be like, hey Sam, had a uh, a leaking tap. Can you come out and have a look on like Christmas Eve or something stupid? Hey Sam, you know, and like one after the other, after the other, and he's told her originally, like. Like, I'm sorry, but I can't, I'm not coming out. Um, we're too busy or any number of reasons why he doesn't actually, you know, why he doesn't want to go there is up to him, but he's trying to like allude to her that he's just not in the, you know, in the zone for it. But, and then the, like the caption is basically like, sorry that you haven't paid your last three invoices on time. I'm not doing your work anymore. Basically. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. and like, but that's like, yeah, it's like, you know, you fight with pigs and then you just end up in the mud anyway. Like that's literally how, how often, it is. yeah. How often do you want to let yourself get used by someone? And that's the thing too is some customers literally don't understand. Like you no. said, I'm no. Look, thanks for the opportunity, but sorry, no, I don't want to do it. And they go, yeah. What do you mean? I'm giving you work here, and you go, Yeah, but I don't want it. Yeah, because I don't want to. You know, for the next six months, I don't want you hassling me, or oh. I want to lay in bed at night thinking, Oh Jesus, they want me to do this, but I know it's going to turn pear-shaped. Oh, I, you know, I've I've had like so many offers of cashies from randoms that I've never even met in my life. And they'll be like, I got, you know, your, I'm friends with your uh, mate's cousin or something like that. And I'm like, no, I don't, I like, I don't know you and I'm not going to do any work for you. And then like, you know, and you sort of like, you have to kind of let them down easy because you don't want to come across rude either. But I'm like, look, I, you know, I appreciate it, but like, you know, I'm just not, you know, that's not what I'm interested in. And you just say it blunt, pretty straight forward to the point. And some people will go, Oh, joking you know like and they'll they'll really or they'll say another word to like your mate they'll be like oh you know patty didn't want to do that work oh he's probably a bit busy nah like really like you know i thought yeah and you're like you know that's that's a really hard part of as well like you know you've almost got to a lot of the time i like i've i've had to a couple of times be kind of excuse me really blunt with a client on site um, you know, you have like, look, old, old Italian fellas that have lived in this house for, you know, since 1955 and, you know, they've worked their fingers to the bone to, for this house. And you, you understand it. Like, you know, my partner's family is Italian. They, they understand it. Like they are very privy to the fact that, you know, they have worked very hard to get where they are, but it's very hard sometimes when you go to these houses and you have a chat with these people and try to tell them what you reckon you need to do to fix it. And they're like, you know, no, 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 I don't want that. You just do this 
bare, like bare bones repair, just change the washer. And you're like, look, I really want to illustrate that that's not going to be really, you know, A, it's probably not cost effective because I'll come back out and, you know, in not a very long time and you'll say, these taps just aren't working. cop labor like three times. Yeah. And you're like, you know, and you try to tell them and, and like, yeah, anyway, this old bloke, um, I reckon it was around, I'm trying to think where, it was like next to the ABC building on, um, what's called road i think paul rush road or something anyway and he's there and he was like no no just fix it just fix it and like that that so the the uh, like the storage tank the electric storage tank was rusted and busted the bottom of it he's like you change you change the element i was like that's it's not going to work like once this is broken there's no fixing he's like no you fix it you put a sealer in there i was like no like and like he kept it was back and forth back and forth and i just said to him i was like look i am not doing anything other than quoting to replace the whole tank. I'm not, there's no just fix what it. What do you mean there's... you didn't bust out your mig and just weld him up a new tank? <laughs> your plumbers are all just rip-offs, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like you've almost got to, you kind of have to like set it down for people very, very like plainly because so long as, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I try to be very polite with people all the time and like it's difficult in the sense that you try to like, allude to this stuff all the time to people and like you kind of dance around it you're not too harsh to them whatever but they just see it as another avenue in to to try to bite you down and get you like get you to do yeah try try to say no this is the way i want it done it's the same as people saying they ring up it's like a wednesday afternoon they go oh my cooler's not working or my heat's not working or yeah they go i'll see friday at two o'clock and you just go Nah, <laughs> so I'm, I'm booked Friday. Like the earliest available time I've got is say you know next next Thursday or the yeah. following you know. And they go, well that doesn't suit me. And you go, well that's all right. Well you know these are the times I've got available. Yeah, that's what you've got. <laughs> if you can't make that work, I can't get there. And they yeah. go, what do you mean? Like you should just drop everything. My job's I, the most important. Yeah. And you go, well no, it's not. Like I've got other people that have called up before you. Yeah, that's that, and that's you know, how the priority works. Got the same issue. Yeah. And it's it's so hard trying to like get people to understand that as well. You like you know you try to explain that to them. And they're like you know, and even like with tenants, there it's a great example. Like sometimes the tenants are just like, you know, they'll be like, "Well, I can't do this time." Okay, well somebody needs to be at home, and you've got a leaking tap that apparently is urgent. So when can you be there? Oh well, between the hours of nine and eleven p.m. But only on a Sunday night, um, my boyfriend's not when my here. Cat, yeah, yeah my, and when my, my cat, cat says it's okay that you can come. I don't want you to collect keys because who knows what you're doing in my house other than just fixing the problem. <laughs> uh, it, look, I, you know, I, <laughs> I'm pretty bad. And then, you get a, and then you get a bad Google review saying not very, like, helpful with fixing my issue. <sighs> Couldn't get here at 11.59 on the dock. <laughs> <laughs> and my cat didn't like him. It walked off into the other room. Oh, I'll tell you a story. I was working at this lady's house and I was changing her cooker over, her cooktop over to a new one. Anyway, she wanted me to look at some other leaking taps while I was there. I was like, yeah, no, no worries. She's holding this little like chihuahua. It was barking like mad. And I was like, oh, look, they all do that. Whatever. I don't care. You know, I've got, I've got a husky and a, and a, and a, um, a, that, uh, oh my god, a greyhound, <laughs> like two massive dogs. I don't care about dogs. I'm fine. And I was like, whatever. You know, this little dog's run around, and um, it was barking, barking like buggery. And I'm walking. I walk through the main bedroom into her ensuite. And I get this 
bang on the back of my leg through my sock. This chihuahua had bit onto the back of my leg and was holding on. And I sort of kicked it and I got a yelp and it hit the door. And I was like, what the? <laughs> like, what? And the lady's like, oh, he doesn't normally do that. I was like, he was barking the whole time. <laughs> like, He does. He He's clearly really must, you know. And like they, you know, I get this comment all the time. Women love to say, he just doesn't like men. I'm like, just get rid of the dog. <laughs> Little, it's small dog syndrome. I think oh, I had it one is. the other day. Um, Service the aircon, went in, turned it on, jumped back up on the roof, checked it, went back down, and she had a massive dog, and it was going. So I was barking when I got there. Yeah. And she goes, I'll just put the dog out of the back. I said, yeah, that's no worries. She'd gone out of the back for whatever reason. The door was open. So I'm there at the wall control and her son's showing me all these toy cars and everything else. I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And the dog walks in. Anyway, it sort of it looked all right. Like, didn't look aggressive or anything, but it was big. And you could tell, like, yeah. if this dog wanted to go me, he's got perfect opportunity. <laughs> and I sort of just thought, well, I can, I can do two things here. I can run for the door or I can just be like, well, if he's going to bite me, he's going to bite me. So <laughs> dog came over and I sort of – and the problem was the kid was – like on the ground showing me the cars too so like the dog really could have thought oh is he gonna hurt the kid or yeah it came over i gave it a pat and everything and it just sat next to me i was just patting it and she walked in and went instantly white like she saw a ghost she's just really calling calling the dog like as hard as she can she's like come here come here come here gets it like puts it outside shuts the door and she's like oh my god that was so close i was like what do you mean and she goes oh like that dog yeah, hates strangers and hates all these people. She's like, that's Aww. why I had it out the back because it literally, like, I thought it would have killed we'll you yeah. pretty much. Yeah. And I was like, no, he was fine. He came over. I was patting him. He sat next to me. We're best friends. We, we just had a bit shock. of a – we there. hung out. It yeah. was fine. <laughs> yeah, we hung out. Went out of the bar, oh. had a couple of beers. We came back. But, yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing too. Like, I think they kind of know in a way. Like, But, yeah, when she walked in, I was like, ooh, that could have gone – bad very quickly yeah it's very tricky but um well look i i guess that's where we could call it for our episode three with uh, luke kazali from uh flame tech heating and cooling and adventures of service tech your boy your man here he is um so yeah thanks very much for coming on today luke i really appreciate it man thanks for having me patrick anytime you know we might even do another one of these very soon but who knows but anyway but Maybe, uh, well, if you like enough, I guess. Only it's a Christmas present, but <laughs> <laughs> so you're burnt through your Christmas present now. Yeah, <laughs> to Patrick, probably. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll catch you next time, man. Have a great night. You too. See ya.